to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hi, you're listening to episode number 78 of the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. My name is Monica, and I created the site Run, Eat, Repeat over nine years ago to document training for my first full marathon, thought I'd cross it off the list and move on with my life. Shockingly, I fell in love with running and running repeat grew a huge following to the point where I could blog full time. And now I am doing this podcast because I don't really have any friends and I like to pretend that I'm on the phone. So how's it going? Okay. Today I have a super awesome episode. I am talking with Diana Duncan. She is someone that I met about two years ago at a race and just kind of stayed Insta friends with and... That's like Instagram friends, but we were also kind of Insta instantly friends. But I saw that recently at the LA Marathon, she PR'd, qualified for Boston. It was a warm day and not just that, but the pictures I saw on Instagram, it looked like she had a blast. So I was talking to her and asked, can we talk about this? Can you share your secrets on how you rocked this race, PR'd, be cute with a smile on your face. So we are talking to her today all about that. But first, let's warm up. Okay, I kind of want to give you a heads up slash spoiler alert maybe for today's warm up because it's kind of bad news if you are obsessed with sparkling water or other carbonated beverages. So if you are and just are of the school of thought that ignorance is bliss. What I don't know can't hurt me. You can cover your ears, la, 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 la. Because I know, speaking for myself, I wish I wouldn't have heard this. I am very like, don't tell me, don't ruin my day with some bad news of stuff that I just, if I didn't know, I I would be fine, right? So that said, for example, if you ever hear that watermelon, and watermelon is my favorite food in the entire world, I buy them two at a time, the massive massive ones from Costco. It's ridiculous. I mean, I probably have a problem and need an intervention, but I don't want to. Just let me live my life ODing on watermelon. It's fine. If you ever hear that watermelon is bad for you on any level, keep that information from me and let me live my little watermelon loving life. Also, I am obsessed with sparkling water, seltzer, carbonated beverages, LaCroix, LaCroix, whatever you want to call it. Most of the time, though, I really get the seltzer water, the Kroger brand from Ralph's. So I was listening to the Nutrition Diva podcast last week, and she referenced a study that carbonated beverages might cause weight gain. Dun, dun, dun. This is not good. I am... I just, I'm a huge, huge fan. I used to have even one of the ones, the carbonated beverage makers. I kind of killed that. I had to get the new CO2 cartridges so often that I was like, forget it. And yeah, I just really loved seltzer. The awesome thing first about the Nutrition Diva podcast is that she's an RD and she looked into not just the headlines, right? Because someone probably saw this and thought, is this true? And went to ask her. And she looked into the actual study 
that looked into this. And I looked into it too because I was like, no, this cannot be true. And first they studied rats and then they did a study on humans and they did 20 human males. So it's a small study and it's boys. And, you know, who knows? This isn't, it's not a big enough study for this to be a 1000% kind of maybe trust and change your life based on this. It's like I said, a small study, but it is this peer reviewed journal that had this article and it showed that carbonated beverages, whether or not, so even if it's just carbonated water or regular soda or diet soda, anything that had the carbonation seemed to increase hunger. It increased ghrelin, which releases like hunger hormones. I wish I didn't know this because I suddenly feel like, yeah, I am hungrier after I have some seltzer. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. And I went a whole 24 hours without drinking seltzer. And then I found a bunch of diet ginger ale that I had that I have because I'm working on a recipe for Cinco de Mayo. Um, And I drank that. And then I was like, you know what? I think it's going to be okay. But I just wanted to give a heads up because it was like, no, I wish I didn't know this. And I feel like a lot of people, I know a lot of people that follow me on Instagram, if I ever have seltzer in the background, people reference it like, oh, I haven't tried that kind or, oh, have you tried this kind? I know it's really popular. And so part of me was like, oh, I don't want to share this bad news. But at the same time, it is just kind of a heads up that first of all, you want to make sure that anything that you are seeing, any headline in the news that says, hey, this food is going to save your life. Hey, this food is going to kill you. You know, you always want to filter it with some common sense. And I've said this before as well. Um, Make sure that you triangulate your data so that you are checking other trusted resources. And so I heard this on the podcast, on the Nutrition Diva podcast, and I do think that is a good resource. And then I went and I looked up the study for myself. And along with looking up the study, of course, there were a lot of articles that popped up that were just like, does it, does carbonated beverages, do they break down tooth enamel or increase acidity? A lot of things, right? The reality is that if you are able to live your life in moderation, you could probably do most things. If you aren't allergic to it and have some self-control, I do not. You could probably balance it out. But I wanted to just share this info, give you a heads up in case you are a fan of the carbonation, of the bubbles, and let me know your thoughts. And if you come across a study that disproves this, please send it to me. Send me good news about how watermelon is super awesome and a superfood and magical and makes you run faster and jump higher and be happier. Go ahead and send me good news stuff like that. But I don't want to hear anything about it that being bad for you or anything about this carbonation stuff because I'm really, it's like a joy to me. And I feel like it is like, come on, I don't want to be a person with no vices. And if my vice, and trust me, I have a lot more and they're a lot worse than this, but let's say hypothetically, my the worst thing that I am eating or consuming or drinking whatever on any given day is carbonated water, then God bless it, right? I mean, come on. But yeah, I just wanted to share this information and talk it out with someone and just give you a heads up. Now, let's move on to the main event. 
Today, I'm talking with Diana Duncan. She is SoCal Runner Chick on Instagram, and I will put a link to that profile along with pictures in the show notes at runeatrepeat.com, so you can check that out. But she rocked the LA Marathon this year. She qualified for Boston, got a PR, and just looked like she was having a ton of fun out there. And I reached out to her and, of course, congratulated her, but asked her, you know, what training plan did you use? And we started talking, and I realized that her approach to the LA Marathon and to eventually getting a PR running an awesome race is similar to mine in that she kind of tweaked a plan to work for her and it really did. That said, I do want to kind of share the disclaimer that she is a very experienced runner. She's been running a long time. I've been running a good hot minute. If you are a newer runner, you definitely want to make sure that you know your body and that you are respecting whatever plan you're using. And if you need something individualized, you should talk with a coach or with someone that is very experienced before just changing up a plan. But I am also a huge fan, and that's why I just want to know that. I just want to kind of share before we jump on this call that I am a fan of being able to make a plan your own, make it work for you, focus on your strengths and really build on them and stay positive. And of course, do the work. It is never by accident when you rock a full marathon. She has done a ton of work. She really showed up on race day and made sure that she pushed it. And I think it's awesome. So I was like, what training plan did you use? Um, She kind of shares how she switched it up. And she actually switched it up by skipping out on some speed work. What is your favorite post-race meal? How do you incorporate strength training? We are talking about all of that. I'm going to put a ton of info in the show notes because I know a lot of us, not me, not me right this second, but a lot of us out there in podcast listening land are running right now. And so you can check the website later for, like I said, pictures, more info on her and more details on our conversation if you want to read it out later. But let's go ahead and talk to Diana. I am super excited, though, because I had saw on Instagram when you had an amazing race in L.A. And I was like, I want to talk to you about this because I think we met in Riverside year before last. And you had just had a really strong race before that. I remember us talking about um, I think that's how Pam kind of introduced you. She was like, she just ran amazing. And so I know that that was a super awesome time and it hasn't been, you know, that long since you just rocked on another PR, I was just curious, like, what training did you use? Kind of what was your journey to getting here? I, after I had my baby, um, I gained a lot of weight. So um, as with each pregnancy, because I'm a, like, I call myself a reformed fat kid. So I had to lose the weight all over again. It's like the third time in my life that I've had to lose weight. So after I had Lila, I just focused on losing the weight. And then I, before her, I had done run less, run faster, the program. It was really hard for me to um, like cut down my running time because you only run three days a week. So that was really hard, but it was effective. And after having Lila and once I lost the weight and I was like, okay, I could focus on now getting back to where I was before I had her. I have, I, I tried Hanson's and I have a couple of friends that do it. And I was like, okay, this is more my speed, like six days a week. Like I never have to run over 16 miles. Like this is awesome. So I decided to give it a try and 
It seems to work really well for me. The only downfall I would say is that you are just like tired all the time because you're running six days a week and it's just really exhausting. But I kind of had to like weigh out the options of like, okay, do I want to run like five 20 milers or do I just want to be tired all the time and only run 16? (laughs) So for me, I was like, okay, this is it. So I trained really hard with Hanson's in October for Chicago, and it didn't really work out how I wanted. I trained, I did every single training run, every single tempo, every single speed work, and I didn't PR. I didn't even hit my goal. It was an okay time. Like I was happy with it, but I was having leg issues. And so this time around, I just was like, okay, I'm going to do Hanson's again, but I'm not going to focus on the tempos because those make me miserable and I'm not going to do the speed work if I don't feel like it. So I'm just going to run happy. I want to just run happy this training. So I did speed work for like the first five weeks. And then once it got to like two times, three miles, I was like, "Eh, yeah, that's not going to happen. But like, you know, I'll, I'll do like six times 400 or whatever, but like anything over a mile, I'm like, yeah, no. Um, so I just, been focusing on the mileage and just took the pressure off myself and just was like, all right, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to go for it. And I did. And I was really surprised. Like I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting a PR. I was expecting a good time. Um, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can at least do it for like 16, 17 miles, you know, my pace that I wanted. I didn't know after that. I was like, okay, let's just, let's just get to 16 and 17. And then once I got there, I was like, let's just get to 20. And then I was like, okay, like we could do this. Uh, um, I love that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. But I'm proud of myself because I just didn't give up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like my PRs have been on when I'm when I'm fit, but I have a good day. Like that's like I, I have yes. it, you know, like I've kind of, I'm kind of surprising myself out there. Like I'm like, hey, how long can I keep this pace? Like, let's see what's going on here. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that you have to, I think sometimes we just have to take the pressure off of ourselves and just go off how we feel, but like try, you know what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. just say, oh, I'm not going to try today, but definitely like try, but just go off how you feel. Because some days, like when you train so hard and then you just have a terrible day, like I did in Chicago and, and nothing went at the, at the end of the day, I was still happy. I was proud of myself still for given the circumstances, but all that training that I did And I still didn't get to where I was expecting to be. So it's like, you know what? Sometimes you just have to just run happy and just go for it and just do it and, and have just try. For sure. So was that this last October that you did Chicago? I did. Okay. I did Chicago in October. And so you used Hanson's, but you actually like really stuck to all the speed work, all the tempos for that session. Yeah, for Han- for Chicago, I did everything that I was supposed to do, and I was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I have just noticed, I mean, I ran my first full in 2013, and a lot of them in between the, like, ones that I didn't train hard for were just um, where I kept my mileage high during the weeks, and I just ran happy, and I always do, like, I'm always like pretty proud of myself for just for what I do, given that I didn't really train for it. And um, the same thing goes for like 
when I had met you, um, I had ran Revel like just before that, I think it was right in November. Right. Um, and this sounds like terrible and I don't want it to just come off as sounding wrong, but I didn't even train for that race really. Um, and I ran a 331. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so I shocked and I, again, shocked myself there because I wasn't expecting to go get a BQ there. I wasn't, I was just like, okay, well, I'm in great shape. I am running 40 to 50 miles a week. I, I know I could finish the marathon. So, okay, let's do it. So I signed up for it. I, the same thing that happened in LA kind of happened where I was like, okay, just do your best. And so the first 10 miles, I was like, okay. And I was doing really well. And I'm the type of person where I never do negative splits. And I'm always the type of person, go big or go home. And it's like, if I'm going to fall and fall flat on my face, okay. But like, I feel like if you don't push yourself, you don't know what you're capable of. So, um, I, I know it sounds backwards because they always say like reserve what's in the tank, you know, you got to save for the end, but I'm just total opposite. I won't, I'm always just like go hard and see where that gets you. Yeah. So by mile 20 is when I realized, Oh crap. Like I think I could do this. And I just saw then that that's when I had to mentally like keep pushing. Cause that's when it got hard for me. Yeah. The last six miles were really hard of that race. And at least for me mentally and, you know, all the downhill plus in the second half, there's a lot of rolling hills mm-hmm. and I don't really know if they're big hills, but at that point they feel like it. Um, so that last six miles, I just, just had to talk to myself the whole time of like, nope, just don't give up. Just keep going, just keep going. And then I be cued and I didn't PR, but I came really close. But I mean, given that I didn't really train for that, I was really proud of myself. Since you said that you were fit, you were like running kind of high mileage, 50 miles a week around that time. Were you just kind of staying in shape in general without a specific training plan? What were you doing yeah, for that one? So I, yeah, so I just do like around 50 miles a week when I'm not training just because I like high mileage. I like to run a lot. It's my like break time from the kid because my oldest goes to school my young one, she likes the gym. She likes going to play with the kids. So it's like my break. So I'll just go. And, and I'm the crazy person that does like 40 miles on the treadmill a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, it's either that or listen to a screaming kid. <laughs> but so yeah, I just do like 40, 50 miles a week. And then I also do cross training. I have found that necessary for me and my body because I have naturally, I think it's like a hereditary thing, weak hips. And if I only run, then I start getting hip problems and knee problems. And so I have to cross train. So I do um, beach body videos during the week, like five days. I'll do it like four to five days a week. And I never do it. I'm on the weekends. I just do like Monday through Friday. Um, I'll do like a 30 minute video right now. I'm doing like ones that are an hour and those are like grueling and I can't wait for that to be over. But normally I stick with the ones that are like 30 minutes. And do you run on those days too when you do that? I do. Yeah. I wake up early. I do my video and then I will run. So in the morning, I just get it. I just like power through it because I just wake up and I'm not really thinking. I just do it. And then I do take like a pre-workout in between (laughs) before I run just to give me like more energy. And how do you balance? This is like something people ask me about all the time. So I'm glad that you mentioned this. 
because they want to know how do you balance that cross training, strength training with running, especially when you're training for something that's kind of high mileage. Yeah. Do you do like, how do you handle lower body leg day, that kind of strength training or cross training? It's hard. I hate leg day. Um, that's like my worst. I hate lunges. And I think there's just one exercise about leg day that I hate and it's mm-hmm. lunges. I, I like squats and anything else, but I hate lunges with a passion. Um, but I do them. And honestly, I try to stick to low weight. So when it's leg day, I don't go heavy weight because then you're just done. Like it's going to, you're going to just, your legs are going to be shot. So I tend to focus on heavier weights for like upper body and then lower weights for leg day because then I can't run and then I'm too tired. And also like the next day I'm really sore, but I have noticed for myself that if I just push through the first couple of miles slowly, then my legs loosen up and then I'm fine. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I I do so I similar I do similar and even if I don't feel sore you just feel heavy like you feel like you know like your legs are tight they don't have anything and you're just like what's up today yeah you know and it's if you're not self aware you don't realize like it was because I fatigued my legs but sometimes you Mm -hmm. think like oh my what's up like am I just not feeling it today like did I not feel right it's hard to pin it down unless you really kind of track something like that yeah and for me I'm the type of person that if I'm training I I don't cut myself slack meaning like I do it regardless if I want to or not I know like cross training for me is super important because I know what what will happen if I don't and that will be I can't run and I don't want to not be able to run so it's like I do it even though I don't want to do it same thing with my running when I'm training I mean everyone has those days where you just don't want to do nothing I just want to like eat and sleep on the couch all day (laughs) but I just do it I just do it and I will I will also do, if I'm not feeling it, I will do like intervals. Some days I'm like, okay, just get through seven miles. And then the last three miles I'll do intervals where like I'll walk a quarter mile and then I'll run three, the, the rest of that mile. And then I just repeat until I do, I'm, until I'm done because I'm just a firm believer in just get the miles and no matter how you get them in. Well, that's something that probably is the big thing with Hanson's, right? Is if you're not doing the long distance all in one day, over the course of the week, though, you are still racking up a lot of mileage. Yeah, so their belief is running on tired legs all the time. So then that way, you're just constant, you're just in a state of fatigue all the time. <laughs> right? Do you do is it um, back to back long slash mid distance runs? Is that how um, it works for the long runs? Yeah. So a long run is every other week, which that's also a cool thing. So say one week you have a 10 mile run and then the next day is a 16 mile run. The next day is followed by like a six mile run. And then that following week after your long run, then you'll have two back to back tens. And then the next day after your second 10 will be like an eight mile run. So yeah, that's kind of mid to long, right? Yeah, for sure. And then so especially if you're kind of getting used to over the course of training, running on tired legs, do you feel a big difference at taper when you show up on race day? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think it's 
but I think you're ready at the same time. I mean, I'm ready for that. And you don't really run a lot of miles that week leading up to your race. I mean, for me, I've never been the type of person that I feel like needs a lot of recovery. Like for LA, my friend told me I was crazy because I ran Thursday and all I rested was Friday, Saturday. Um, my friend's like, you're crazy. I'm like, well, I have to get my mileage. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess, I don't know. I guess I don't really know. Maybe I've never really paid attention. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, that, doesn't, that doesn't answer to your question. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, it just, I, I think, yeah, it's sometimes you don't, it's hard to tell the difference too between being excited for the race and being well rested because you're just yeah. those nervous, like that, that energy and like the vibes and everything as leading up to the race. And especially for big races, I feel like, you know, when you're going to the expo, like LA, Chicago, and that buzz, like I think from getting the expo to the starting line, you just feel you're just like amped up for it, which kind of helps too. Yeah. And you're like in this environment where everybody's a runner and everybody's there and you're just like feeling so proud of all the like training that you've done and you're just ready to do it. You're like, I'm ready to prove this. Like I'm ready to prove to myself that I, I got this, you know? For sure. I can do it. Oh, I love um, it. So, and, yeah. And you did do it. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. I told my girlfriend, I was like, I'm going to make you proud because I actually got an entry gifted to me from my friend who is in the Air Force and she works. I'm not sure what they, what she does exactly, but she, they do the human start line at the LA marathon just after the elite. So they send off the runners. So she was like, Hey, do you want a um, entry? She was like, you know, I want a PR. I want, let's do this. And I was like, okay. And her time previously, her PR was LA, I believe. And it was 342. I at least know her course record was there 342. So she's an amazing athlete. She's an Ironman. She went to Kona. Like, she's incredible. And I've always told her, like, you can do it. Like, I know you can. So when she said, hey, do you want this entry? I was like, heck, yeah, let's do this. And she's like, I want a PR. I want a PR. And I was like, no, girl, we're going to get you. We're going to get you a BQ. Like, we got this. And I just always knew that she was very capable. And so, yeah, we stuck together about the first 20 miles and then she was right behind me. She finished exactly two minutes after me. Oh, wow. Um, I just remember. Yeah, I just, I was really proud of her. I remember telling her like around mile 20 where she's like, I'm, she's like, I'm fading. And I was just like, don't give up. I told her, don't give up. Just do what you can. And that's something that I always tell myself is towards the end is do what you can when you can and just don't give up. Meaning like if you're hurting, then just lay off a little bit and like recover. But then the second, like you feel better then push until you feel like crap again. And then just repeat, just, you know, just do that. Just if you have to back off to recover a little bit to give your body just a quick break, however long that takes, then just do that and then push when you feel better. Um, and I just told her that and I was like, keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, cause I feel like too, and it happens in, especially marathons where yeah. you start to feel like crap and then you freak out. Cause you're like, am mm-hmm. I, yeah. am I losing it? Am I hitting the wall? Like what's going on? I'm falling apart. Like you, you can go crazy in your head and it makes it worse yeah. versus being like, okay, oh. you know, like I'll take a step back totally. and like, yeah. it's going to be okay. I'm going to keep pushing. Well, and I think we're all guilty of this is I've given up before. 
And I've just thrown in the towel and said, screw this. And I mean, I, I mentally checked out in Chicago. I started having leg pain around mile 13 and I was so angry for like a couple miles. And then it turned into like pity party for one. (laughs) And I was just done. And then towards the end, I think it was like probably the last five miles or so I was, I looked at the time and I'm like, you know what? It's not that bad. Just keep going. And I had to give myself a pep talk, but I'm like, man, if I wouldn't just given up, then I might've even been able to do a little bit better if I would have just stayed positive and just um, because I think that goes a long way, obviously, because I, I was done. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm done for a couple miles. I just wanted, I was miserable. I wanted it to be over because I was mad that I wasn't going to get the time that I trained so hard for. But in reality, it's like, you still, I still did okay. And I, I was like, so ever since then, I told myself no more, no more of that negative BS. That's good. I mean, at least you get something yeah. from it, right? Like you can just take what you learn yeah. from it. I wanted to ask you about Chicago, though, because I that's one of the ones I've never run and I've run LA. And I've done, you know, like New York and MCM. So in comparison, though, the first thing I think about Chicago is that it's flat. What did you think of the course? Yes, it's super flat. But I thought it was really beautiful. I loved running through all the neighborhoods. I wish I could have paid attention a little bit more than I did um, because there were parts where my girlfriend was like, did you see this part? Did you see that part? And I was like, no, where was I? <laughs> like, where was I? She's like, you missed an entire mile of like where they have, um, it's like a Mexican area. And she said there was flags and mariachis and all this. And I was like, what? Like, where was I that mile? Because I do not remember it. And they have like a Chinatown. I remember that. And I wish I could have been a little bit more present, but I think I was just being miserable. So I just didn't want to pay attention. But I liked it. I liked all the people. It was very much like Boston, like LA, where you, where there was people cheering um, at, at a lot of sections. You know, you do some races where you're like, where's the people? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but LA, LA and Boston, you can always count on people there just to cheer you along along the way. And that's how Chicago is. It was really windy, like in the morning, and then it got really hot fast. It was a hot day. Um, but I liked it a lot, and the city was so cool. I just loved it. Oh, I love that. That's, I definitely, that's on like my must run list for sure. I need to yeah. check it out because I hear yeah. such good things about it. You need to. It's awesome. And so, what's next? So, Boston is in. 18 days. That's the race that I was actually training for when I decided when my friend offered me the entry to LA. So Boston's next. And then I think I'm just going to run happy again. I'm just gonna just, I mean, that's what my goal was from the beginning, just make sure that I run happy because I ran it pregnant. And it was 2015 when it was raining and we had side winds. And, um, I was pregnant and I woke up with a head cold Oh my gosh. and yeah. And it took me almost six hours to finish. And so I'm like, either way, I'm going to PR that course. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. And enjoy so, it and yeah. yeah, not be pregnant, yeah. not have rainy, windy time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. At this point I'll take the rain. I mean, I won't be pregnant. That's for sure. <laughs> And I mean, you never know if you're going to get sick. So you never know about that. But like, I expect to be healthy 
and the weather is unpredictable. So uh, honestly, like it can't get any worse than it did the last time. So I want to just enjoy it because I had a great weekend until I woke up sick that morning. And then that race was just honestly, like, I don't really remember much about that race other than like sobbing at the finish line because I was so happy it was over. (laughs) So, and then seeing my husband with like a bag of dry clothes for me. And then I completely, you know, being pregnant, I was hormonal. (laughs) I was just like a baby just crying. Well, yeah, you're hormonal. You just ran 26 miles like that. And it's like, it's a long road to get there, you know, like outside of even the training plan for that race. It's just a long Mm -hmm. journey. Yes. Yeah. So after that, I think I'm going to take a break. I think actually my goals have been shifting the last probably month. I was going to run another full in the, towards the end of the year, but I think I've decided that I'm going to train for a half marathon, meaning like I want to PR because I haven't PR'd, gosh, when's the, what year was the year that OC half landed on Cinco de Mayo? That's, I don't even remember what year was that, 2014, maybe? I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And that's my PR. So I, I've come really close. The race that I met you at, I came really close within like six seconds of my PR. And I have always get stuck close to a PR and I never actually PR. So, but I actually, I honestly never trained to do, a, you know, to PR. So I think that's going to be my new goal this um, for the rest of the year after Boston is I want to train and PR a half. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. It kind of changes it up a little yeah. bit. Yes. And so the distances will be different. So that'll be nice. Yeah. And then where did you yeah. um, for Boston that you're running now, where did you qualify for this? At Revel. This last November? No, the previous November. Yeah. So Revel, um, not this past year, because I was there spectating this past year. So then the year before last. And that's the marathon where I did I didn't even go in there expecting that. I really surprised myself. <laughs> I didn't really tell anybody either, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go run this. Right. It's... I honestly I honestly think that I do the best when there's no pressure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean I do. Yeah. I don't I don't like to put pressure on myself. It just it's uh, it's already stressful enough and it is like this you need to show up and your head needs to be like in the zone and when you have extra stuff kind of stressing you out i just think it's harder yeah. for me to like stay in that place yeah for sure for sure like i had a couple of friends asking me like oh what's your plan and i was like run happy <laughs> and really deep down inside i knew that i wanted to go i wanted to try hard but I just didn't want to put that kind of pressure, you know, in, in case something didn't pan out how I wanted to. I didn't want to feel like I let people down or let myself down, you know. So yeah. I think saying it out loud, I'm like, yeah, I'm just run happy. Which you did also, you know, like that's so exciting. Yes, yes I know. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now I wanted to ask you what your victory lap is what is like your post race or run favorite treat food whatever is your victory lap beer 
I love beer. I mean, really, I love alcohol, but I love beer. (laughs) I love beer, but I don't drink it a lot just because it's so heavy on your stomach and then you can't eat. Or if you just have one too many beers, you're just like feel bloated. And But I love a good Hefenweizen beer. And so that's what I usually tend to go to after a race. And also Mexican food. I mean, I love... My favorite probably is mole, and so I'll go have that. And I don't make it because my husband doesn't like it, but I make him take me. I make him take me to a restaurant by our house that has it. So, you know, I was I was gonna ask you if you make it because I don't make it just because like my mom and my grandma never made it, so it's not like one of the things I've ever made. Oh. So I made it one time. We have been together 11 years and I made it one time like years ago. And he was like, this is gross. (laughs) (laughs) And he likes, you know, it's like sticking a knife in my heart. I was like, what? Um, Because I love it so much. Uh Um, And so I just never make it. But there's a restaurant right here who kind of, it's like the best of both worlds because I also love enchiladas and um, they make mole chicken enchiladas. I was going to say, I was going to say that's so the best good. way to have it. That is the best way to have oh, it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we go there a lot to this restaurant and I get the same thing all the time. And the weird thing is that he always like wants a few bites of mine. I'm like, I thought you didn't like it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we recently went to Olvera Street in LA, and I just we we sat at a restaurant and ate, and I got your traditional mole with tortillas, and I was making like little burritos out of them for myself, and I was like, oh, you want some? Because it was a lot of food, and I gave him some, and he was like, oh, and he liked it, and I'm like, this is so weird. Like you don't like it, so you don't want me to make it, but you just want like a couple. He just like wants a couple bites. Yeah. He says it's too chocolatey. I'm like, there's no such thing as too chocolatey. <laughs> I just think it's like kind of you, you expect something different. I don't know what it is because I feel like a lot of people that I've like had it with, like if I've had it and someone has tried mine, they don't like it at first, but it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like your expectation. Yeah. You're kind of expecting something else. So you're like, no, but then really it is like, okay, that is super awesome. It's very complex. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, it's so good. I wish I could make it at home because then I would. Maybe I will one day because I I tend to do that where I'm like, I don't care what you want. This is what I want. So I'm making it. And I do that a lot for my kids, too, because their favorite is spaghetti. And my daughter, her favorite is spaghetti and chicken Alfredo. And my husband's like weird. Like, I don't he's like not a human. He doesn't like that. And he doesn't like Italian food. I'm like, I don't know how I married you. But I make it for them. And so I'm like, you're going to have to suck it up. Yeah. Um, Because it's her favorite. So like, how can I not make her her favorite food? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like he like hates it. It's just like he wouldn't. It's not his like top five. No. It's like he hates chicken. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. And he hates spaghetti. He was just telling me two nights ago how he wants a good sauce and he's never tasted a sauce that he liked and he just doesn't understand. And I'm like, Oh my God, like you're just crazy. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm like, I never met a sauce I didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But my girlfriend's half Italian and she gave me a bouillonnaise. I think that's how you say bouillonnaise. I don't know how to say it. Um, sauce, like the meat sauce. 
um, two days ago. So I'm really excited and to try it. So I think I'm going to make it for Easter. And so, of course, he was like already kind of grilling me on, I don't know. I, I don't know. You're not going to add that marinara stuff, are you? I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, if she like has this good recipe, you have to at least try it. Maybe he'll find a sauce he likes finally. Yes. So I think I'm going to make it on Easter um, and then, and you know, hope he likes it. And if he doesn't, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I'm getting hungry. And what is your Instagram handle? I don't think you mentioned it. SoCal Runner Chick. SoCal Runner Chick. Oh, that's an easy one. Perfect. I'll put a link to it in the show notes too. And I am super excited for to hear about Boston. Super. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Good luck. Diana, thank you so much. You are the best. And like I said, I will put a link in the show notes to her Instagram and some pictures of the race. So you can check that out. And now let's go to the awards. In keeping with the Boston Marathon theme, today's award goes to Des Linden, who won the Boston Marathon. She was the first American female to win the Boston Marathon in something like 30 years. Super amazing. There has been so much in the news about this completely historic win and it being super, super awesome. But beyond that, I have read different accounts of the story of her kind of showing up on race day, not necessarily thinking I'm going to win, but actually thinking I might not finish today. I might get a DNF. And I kind of want to pause on that because I think having your head in the game is very, very important, but also realizing that you show up on race day with the best that you have and you see what happens that day and you push yourself and you do the work. And one of her mantras is, keep showing up. That's what you got to do. You keep showing up. A lot of things in life are called a marathon, right? There are a lot of things that you do that people are just like, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And they are talking about these slow and steady kind of wins the race approaches to things. And it's never more true than when it comes to the actual marathon. It is a marathon, not a sprint. So one bad workout, one bad mile, it's a marathon. It doesn't mean you get to quit if you are having a hard time because it's a long road ahead. And that isn't discouraging. It should be very encouraging that you have more time. You have a, more chances. You have a lot of miles, a lot of opportunities to get back in the game. There are a lot of races out there. Keep showing up and show up for yourself on any given day, on today's workout, on tomorrow's run, show up, show up for yourself and really show up and do your best. Whether or not you're training for anything, if you happen right now to be training to get a PR, or if right now you are just training for nothing, for life, for a zombie apocalypse, just because you want to not have to buy new clothes because you feel like they're getting tight, whatever it is, show up for yourself and do the best that you have in that workout. And keep going, keep going, keep going. I just feel like it is super inspiring that even someone at this level who won the Boston Marathon didn't know for sure. You know what? I don't know what's going to happen today. I might not finish. And I feel like that every race. But she did it. She pushed herself. And she just, in the worst conditions, it was really, really challenging conditions. She showed up. She pushed herself. And she won. 
And I just love how inspirational that is and this reminder for us to keep showing up. So huge, huge virtual high fives to her. I think it's amazing and super inspiring. That's all for today, but I want to ask you to please subscribe to the show if you haven't yet so you don't miss an episode. If you have some time or even if you don't have some time, you know, be late to something else and make up an excuse. But if you can leave a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or your fave podcast listening app and tag at running repeat on Instagram and let me know what you are doing or where you are running while you're listening. I love hearing from people anywhere down the street, across the world, all of that stuff. I just find it super fun, but I really appreciate you listening. Have a great run. Thank you for listening to the run, eat, repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com. 